an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors, that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod. Or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Now entering Nerdist.com. Down here, and they were just gone one day. Yep, we did nothing. Much like how the things the other microphone. Oh, yeah, the other microphone. No, we are now recording the podcast. I missed that mic. Uh, yeah, that's a perfect length for you to be away from the length distance. Distance is a measure of length. Welcome, Jenna Elfman. Thank you, Chris Hardwick. I'm so excited to have you here. You're never going to remember this. Years ago, I auditioned for a show that you were doing, and you read with me. And I was so, not, I hope this doesn't come off a of creepy, but I was so like, oh my God, Jenna Elfman's really pretty. And I couldn't, I fucked up the audition. Pretty creepy. I have fucked up so many auditions <laughs> and I really understand. Because, what, and because you're auditioning with yourself. And it did not leave some weird lasting impression because I think you're awesome. Good. You're oh, thank you. are not creepy. Thank you. And um, it's all good. It's just, it's just like those. And the, you know, you've defined some success for yourself. So a I little bit. Right. Things are okay. Yeah. But the audition process is so awful and artificial. And like there, there, I feel like there are people who work that are just really good auditioners. It's a whole separate skill set. It's it's its own little universe. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm horrible at it. How I'm do, horrible at it. How do you pre- do? You prepare. How do you prepare? You just, you just go over the and hoping the vibe is good. And <laughs> yeah. It's I hate it more than anything in the whole world. The but worst as soon thing. as I paid money. Yes. I'm really good. It's because well, th- there's that whole other layer. Well, of, you have job security. You're hired. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like I wonder and and who else are they thinking of? Mm. And then you get a second take on the way there, and you're all stressed out. Traffic on the fives. Yeah. Oh, the testing. The testing process is so horrible like the way that they test you for a show it's like you have to go to the studio and then you get a and then you audition for all the studio people and then they mm-hmm. give you they call you and go okay you made it to the network and then you go to network and then you start doing the math in your head of how much you'd make if the show got picked up and That's then it's the just, worst thought that comes into your head and it's like wow if this happens 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. This happens. Tell me about it. I've been a fake millionaire so many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Are we allowed to cuss on this? Yes, yeah. lots. Okay, because I kind of like, I don't have a Christian mouth. <laughs> and I just wanted to make sure I, if I had to rein it in or not. No, 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 no. no. We okay. uh, have d- horrible uh, language practices. Good. On, on this I'm most comfortable. Good. Then you will be fine. That. Yeah. I you... had my mouth washed out. I, I have a wonderful mom. Mm-hmm. She's great parents. With that said. With that said, <laughs> bar life, I boy. have had an ivory bar of soap in my mouth. I've had people ivory... actually do that? I've had Irish Spring, too. Ooh, Irish Spring. Ooh. Uh, so, your parents hated you. Kind of. So wait, what did you say that got the soap well, in the I mouth? Well, I was just defending myself against a neighborhood bully. Was this when you were a kid or recently? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was very young. Yet. Jenna, you're too never too, too old to, be... to get the mouth full of soap. <laughs> um, I was way too young to be using language like this. And no one around me used language like this. So I was kind of born with a trucker mouth. Nice. Um, I don't even know what he was doing. I think I was confused now that I think back. I think at the root of my frustration was I wasn't sure if it was a guy or a girl. Okay, okay. Sure. And then they were giving me a hard time, and I was like, why are you giving me a hard time? And I don't even know if you're a guy or a girl. And I think all of that was just like, fuck you, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And then my mom happened to walk out and grab me and yank me in and, like, yeah. The soap goes in the mouth. I was like doubled over. That was a boy, Jenna. And I (laughs) I think we know now... That that doesn't work at all. <laughs> it, I, you kind can of the still opposite. Swear after it, right? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't get rid of it. Yeah, so the it words don't wash come, it away. So that it's almost as if the words came from the brain and not the actual mouth. Isn't that funny? Don't That's put so soap weird. in your brain if you're no. listening at home. I think it's not guns that kill people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's just. I think what they're trying to do is like clockwork orange you into not swearing. Doesn't and, work, and it just doesn't. You just go. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, and no, then it doesn't work at all. Uh, was that, no, when did you realize that you were funny? Like, when did you realize that comedy was a thing that was sort of in your, in your blood? Uh, totally by strange accident, actually. There was a couple instances. I mean, I was always, you know, I liked attention. Mm-hmm. But um, I wasn't, I had no, I did not get into acting with any plan of doing comedy at all. Any particular inclination whatsoever. It was, I was just an actress and I just wanted to entertain people. And I also loved having the opportunity to kind of live alternate lives as other people without having to commit to the full panoply of existence as that type of person. And um, so I had, one day I was somewhere, I don't know, I was just at a cafe with some friends or someone said, you should do stand-up comedy. This was long before I was active in television. Okay. Someone said, you should do stand-up. And I turned and looked behind me to see who they were talking about because it was like, what? No. What? Me? No. What? And they're like, you're so funny. I was like, well, I don't even know what you're And it was Richard Pryor. <laughs> that was Richard that Pryor. Man, that man was Richard Pryor. <laughs> but I, re- I don't mean to sound it like I was a compliment. I, I honestly was just, my point is I was baffled yeah. by what they were talking about. Because I, I was not funny. I was just a person. And then I, um, my first pilot season, I got Townies, which was this sitcom. With Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. I remember it. Yeah. And Molly Ringwald. And, um, and then I kind of got attention from my performance on that for being so funny. So then I was kind of told from people that I was funny. And for me, I was just acting. It was like, whether I was doing drama or comedy, it was the same kind of procedure for me. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have But it. in your dramas, you're really funny. 
<laughs> well, that may be a horrible ins- insult. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, so I didn't move you with my dramatic no, no, no. performance. I thought it was hilarious. I think it's time to wash mass mouth now. So, you can never. From there, I got Darwin Greg. So then, and then, but just recently, I was like, I want to get back to how I actually started. Um, which is just as an actress, you know, and I've been working on damages with Glenn Close. I know, that's fucking amazing. It's really cool. And I did the season two finale of Shameless, which just started airing, mm-hmm. playing a very surprising character, which I'm, I'm dying to tell you, but and I'm not you know you allowed. can't, damn it. Yeah, but it's, it'll be surprising. By the way, getting on damages is like a fucking badge of honor. Like even just, even just being anywhere near that show is incredible. I have a Blu-ray of the first season and I feel great. Yeah. Do you, do you watch yeah. it or do you just no, have it? No, I watch it. Oh, you watch damages? Oh, this thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he just likes the positioning of being seen holding yeah. it. Like yeah. Yeah. Every time he takes a picture, it's just kind of in the background. That's Damages Myra, we call him. Because he sure loves damages. But we called him that before the show even existed. So, Touche. I feel like I saw, I think because I... Uh, I just did a little research on your on your credits just to see everything that you've done, and uh, I I saw a murder. I wasn't clothed at the time. Is that uh, awkward? Uh, <laughs> I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I just love going to IMDb with just like a it jar. It's a lot to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, good. That made her uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where that, that was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you? No, I was going to say you should see my tweets from last night with my husband. Hiyo. What tweets were, like, literal tweets from last night? Oh, yeah, about blowjobs. What? What? What happened? You too, huh? Well, you... (laughs) First of all... I think if you read it, you'll figure it out. First of all, I love hearing the word husband and blowjob in the same sentence. And together 20 years. That gives a lot of people hope. That's so how cool am I? Amazing. And I'm still giving my husband blowjobs after 20 years. That you, is amazing. Are you giving them just to say that, about how cool you are? No. It's like, it's like I have a no. pretty cool wife. Uh, 20 years, still doing it. <laughs> no, I actually was complaining the whole time. <laughs> All right. And, twi- and tweet- about- tweeting with one hand. <laughs> this sounds very familiar, guys. I'm listening. <laughs> and then afterwards, because it didn't take too long. Yep. Uh, oh, all right. Well, braggart. Me and uh, Jenny brag. Johnson. You know Jenny? Yeah, I know she is. Yeah. Okay. So we text constantly. Mm-hmm. So once I was done with my husband, she and I were on a rampage in text about blowjobs and our husbands, which then started finding their way into tweets. Sure. But details, uh, details about our inclinations and repulsions on the subject of <laughs> you you realize and, and what we will and will not do you realize that kind of stuff makes the news right you know that that that's cool. a whole that's <laughs> also like how you made it sound like a, a darwinian book on the subject of blowjobs on the su- <laughs> <laughs> that is a, which also in itself is pretty darwinian you know the um the uh, the aristotelian chronicles on on the nature of blowjobs <laughs> is uh, the philosophy of yeah. blowjobs can i prove that this blowjob is happening unless we experience it at the same time uh <laughs> well there is a whole you Wait, know you're, blowjobs you're, in college versus your husband jobs after 20 years. Do girls really do that thing like in the 80s movies told us where they practice blowjobs on carrots? I just have to say, your husband has the greatest humble brag of all time, which is my wife is the only person on earth who can complain while giving blowjob. You'd think that was impossible. Nope. That's a humble and, brag. And I retweeted with a comment. That's a humble brag. <laughs> yeah. That's a humble well, you can that st- is a humble brag. You can still kind of sigh while giving a blowjob. 
Tell me about it. Oh, I can do a lot more. <laughs> I remember I had a friend in in high school that tried to brag. This was totally a humble brag. He what he was he was doing it to he was telling us about it so that he could let us know that his girlfriend was giving him a blowjob, which in high school was kind of a big deal. Uh, and he was like, "Yeah, it was terrible," and we were like, "No, it wasn't. No, not in high school. No, no. Not, who, who, who just? Well, there's Tom McNamara of the soup." So what? What are? Listen, what, since I didn't see I'm the sorry, tweets, I interrupted what you were saying about IMDb to talk about blowjobs. I'm more interested in this conversation. I too. Um, <laughs> the Internet Movie Blowjob Base says that uh, <laughs> you mean Hollywood. So, <laughs> so what blowjobs have you appeared on? Um, IMDb. <laughs> IMDb. What are some uh, do's and don'ts? What? They, let's just sort of walk us through uh, a typical. What were Low the job or what really? You, no, what were what, what, what I'm kind of curious what the complaints were and so what the what what, what was the conversation the with blowjob? Yes. Um <laughs> You could tweet it, Jenna Elfman. You can certainly It's a lot harder to say it out loud, no, isn't it? Well, it's a lot harder I, when she's in a room with four I, guys. Yeah. No, I'm happy to go into detail, but I kind of almost want to it's too good and I almost want to save it because we have a show we want to do and this is an A story. Okay. <laughs> for an episode. <laughs> that I don't know if I want to give away. That yet. is someone who has worked in television for a long time. It's an A story. <laughs> Maybe the, a B story. The B, I don't know the, if a blowjob would get a whole A story, but it is the cable. <laughs> so, um uh Okay, you know, save it. I just, I, I, well, I'll tell you something. Jenny Johnson, High Five, and I were debating over, you know, what is the maximum length of time that you will give a blowjob for? That before you're like, well, we got to move on Where to I'm something like, else. Jesus fucking Christ. Right, already. right, right. Because my jaw is about to break. Right. And let's get going here. Do you, <laughs> is it something that you enjoy or is it something that you're like, well, I know he likes it. So I'll go ahead and you know, that's where my joy comes from. I can't imagine. There is no joy. Okay. All right. In Mudville. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mighty Casey has struck out. No, I, I got mean, the I feel pretty but... okay. My husband's going to divorce me after this, but that's okay. <laughs> but um, you're still blowing him after 20 years. He'd be a fool. Well, I'd agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, I, and, you know, I'm not the only girl, I think, to say that. No. Unless you're a porn star, but then I think it's just PR. No, I think... It <laughs> <laughs> Pubic relations. I think... <laughs> what? I, wow. so, I, so I did a thing, okay? I made yeah, a dumb... No, I liked it. No, no. I, wit as shit. Funny as money. That's Mel Brooks said that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm so fascinated that just the idea of... I mean, 10 years ago, this just would have been between... The, like. Or do you like the fact that you have Twitter to sort of like get people sort of on either side of the cause? You know, it's like I we are very not precious about our marriage. Yeah. And that's how we survived 20 years. Did you just burp? No. Oh. <laughs> sounded like it. It sounded like it. <laughs> it did. <laughs> did you kind of get sick a little bit? No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying burp. to digest the... Uh, yeah, I'm just sure trying to digest the situation. You said okay. 20 years of marriage and Jonah was like, I, I can't... <laughs> um, oh, that's God. That's a fucking year? <laughs> that's a thing? That's an amount of time that can happen? People do that? That's not... That's fucked not up, a, man. It's fucked. No, Jonah, it's fine. precious, meaning we're very... We have a really big sense of humor about our marriage. And yeah. so... I don't tweet everything about our marriage, you know sure. what I'm saying? And but there there's a certain amount that is humorous. Right. That I don't mind 
yeah, and it's like open about. Yeah, yeah. well, what you know, and, and did it, was anyone on Twitter like, Jenna, that is just entirely too. Hmm. What are you? No, I lost like you? seven followers. <laughs> I but said, gained eighty thousand. <laughs> exactly. I well, at first I lost one, and I was like, he must not like complainers. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> not. There you go. And then I lost seven more, but that's okay. I gained I gained like a hundred and something the next morning. Yeah, I would and imagine. How dare you sully the name of a Christian blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> on the internet. That's, I think it's good. I, I I think, you know... It's like whenever I tweet finding Bigfoot. That's when I, I lose 20 followers but gain 73. Oh, that's, really? Is that... Yeah. It's always constantly people, like... I tell them, I warn them I'm going to tweet finding Bigfoot. How many friends do you lose in this process? Real friends? <laughs> you. <laughs> I think it's a, it just it's just it's just the internet. Like you could tweet anything, and then a percentage of people are going to hate it, even if you're talking about blowjobs. And fine. Then they weren't. You know what I mean? They fine. weren't really it's on board me, anyway. Actually, I just think it's me talking about it, and I just like that about Twitter that I'm in control of talking about what I want to be talking about. Yeah, and, and if they don't, don't have, have to, to rely listen. on an external media via. Yeah. To interpret for you, or only play the part that they want to play or write the part that they want to play of what you said. You know, it's like me talking as I wish. Yeah. And so I'm responsible for what I say. And I know that. And I pick and choose. This is kind of the stand-up gene maybe coming out in you a little bit. Did you ever do stand-up? No. No? I need writers. You think so? <laughs> yes. But you're just naturally, like, funny. Like, you could, if you got up in front of people and workshop stuff, like, you could cobble together a set. Oh my god, it sounds so exhausting. <laughs> it the is. cobbling is when you're restoling a shoe and then after the cobble is done. <laughs> then it's fine. <laughs> then it's fine. Yeah, at that point you're high on the glue fumes. Have you but you must have, I mean you you've done you've probably done a million and a half award show where you had award shows where you had to come out and like Yeah, but that's written and it's never been terribly funny what's been <laughs> but that's the award show. You no, know, they're kind of corny what you say. And yeah. Is that a bummer when you're like, I'm gonna have to get up in front of millions of people and I'm gonna say things that I know I'm not gonna like, but I just have to get through I it. I try to just temper it and like I love getting up in front of millions of people. That's what I'm most comfortable doing. Yep. That's the little ham in me that's always been since I was a kid. Like I love like the more audience, the more comfortable I am. Yep. Um and then I just try to adjust what I'm saying and just if it can't be made funny, then I'll just try and go straight up classy and just keep it pretty simple. Yep. Because uh, trying to be funny up all that. I just don't see how really when you're if you're hosting, that's something different where you can really have enough time to get into setups of scenarios right. and get some punchlines going and all of that. But when you're just presenting, you're walking out, you have like three lines to say. Yeah. Unless you're going to be really offensive and just hit something between the eyes, there's not much opportunity yeah. to be terribly funny. Everything else is Webster's Dictionary defines acting as... Right. <laughs> and fuck the Canadians! And you yeah. just like throw yeah. one horrible thing at <laughs> And then just spike the mic. <laughs> spike the award and yeah. get the fuck out of there. Shatter it. Yeah, so I just kind of keep it simple. I think sincerity is always a good way to go in the in the wake of it. Yeah. But, but, the, but there's like award shows are such a losing prospect for the people hosting and presenting no matter what you do... I feel like the press is either going to say everyone was trying to be funny or no one was funny enough or this didn't. I mean, like, but just like the Ricky Gervais thing where it's like, what is he going to say? Uh, he's going to be so offensive. He wasn't that offensive. And then like, they fucking complain that he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I just I just I think about because I'm in the kind the kind of thing I do at some point. It's not crazy that I might. Ho I mean, I've hosted really small award shows. It just feels like a losing prospect all the way. I don't know why people agree to do it. Yeah, um, it's I can't. I've done it once. 
And uh, I hosted the Emmys once in. The it ABC wasn't particularly Dave. hilarious. How what did that? How was it? What was I it? I think that I didn't realize what I got myself into. I think I had like a kind of cultural <laughs> naivete about me. So they call you and they go, Jenna, it's your agent. It's uh, wherever, uh, a giant agency. You, you're going to host the Emmys. And you're like, that sounds like a thing. Sure. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I get to go up in front of people and entertain. That sounds fun. And I just think if I had thought about the gravity of having to be funny, you know, I, I think that I would have been more stressed out. If we know anything about the audience that goes to the Emmys, it's they love to laugh. They love, <laughs> they're a giving audience with a lot yeah. of warmth. Towards yeah, it's not, not judgy. Yeah, it's really, you, <laughs> just, you know, frankly, you just try and make it, it's a long it's a long show. Those shows are long. At the Golden Globes, you have a nice big bottle of champagne and a meal because it's a bunch of round tables. But at the Emmys, it's just in a theater and you're mm-hmm. sitting there for hours and mm-hmm. hours and hours. It's so long. You just try and make it somewhat bearable for everyone in the audience, really. Mm. I, I feel like it starts to, I mean, all that shit just fucks with your head, though. I mean, because you're, you probably see yourself as a person. I'm a person and I do things. And yet, you put on clothes and you go somewhere and then it just gets dissected and everyone's like, why this? And why would she? W-? And look at that. And what about those shoes? I mean, how do you how do you pilot through all that without wanting to tear your fucking eyeballs out? Uh, I have things in my life that are way more meaningful than that. Good. <laughs> and that tempers all of the bullshit. Nothingness that that stuff is. Yeah. Because it's really it's really the, the, the important things for me are that I'm always trying to grow and improve as an artist and, and challenge myself performances and finding good material. And then, you know, raising children who are going to be worth something in this world. Good. And, you know, talking about blowjobs on Twitter. <laughs> and, <laughs> important know, shit. Important stuff. But really, those blowjobs on Twitter, it's really, I've been married 20 years. It's an accomplishment in this town. I, you know what I mean? I'm really proud of it. And it's, an, it's an accomplishment that you're still married and that's still going on. Like yeah. that, That's an accomplishment. That, that is like, that's the Jimmy's on top of right. the whipped cream. Right. Uh, I think. Oh, that was a bad analogy. Jimmy. That was a bad analogy. Uh, but uh, but I think it's really I think it's really great. And I and and I think also the people that don't get behind it on Twitter, it's like, how fucking seriously do you need to take this shit? You know, like yep. super serious. Totally fine to not follow me. <laughs> exactly. Because you used to not follow me before I was on Twitter, and so just go back. to that. Now you That's can go back. Now you can go back to that as well. Yeah, I just think Twitter's entertaining and fun, and you know. I love it. You can. I love it. It's great. It's fun. I love it. It's and and it's also gotten. It's. I, I imagine it's. It's. I mean, because you've, we've both been working the same about the same amount of time, and I think I remember back before we were really that connected to people who were watching the things that we were doing. And you, I mean, obviously, you know, your stuff's a lot popular than more popular than mine, but it's still. It's interesting to be able to connect to people in a certain way, whereas before, you know, it's like, I don't, I think people are, I don't know what they think about any of this. Well, you know, your demographic, I mean, you have how many Twitter followers? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, pretty impressive. It's no, I mean. And I have one billionth of that. <laughs> so, no, but it's just culturally and pop culture and Twitter and where Twitter falls into that. It's all just random. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like. It's so funny though, because when you go into like these, um, 
you know, commercial meetings where, you know, you could get sort of those extra gigs. Sure, you know? sure. They're like, and how many Twitter followers do you have? It's weird. It's uh. like this whole part of your resume identity of how many, t- how, what's your presence on social media? What's your clout score? Right. I, like, stop well, trying to rate me. I can, I can pull up Twitter or I can bring in my Golden Globe Award. I'm not right. sure which one you want to know about, right. you know, which is important here. And then there's a whole other aspect of like, do you want this thing to be good? That you could hire me. I know how to. D- how about the quality of work? I know how to do that. Yeah. You should uh, do a twit pick of your Golden Globe Award. Boom, right there. See? Both Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to always be. It used to always be. Um, you know, I'd lo- you're, you or people like in this business would lose jobs to just people who had been around television longer. You're like you audition and you get really close, and they're like. Ah, they offered it to Mario Lopez. That probably didn't happen to you specifically, uh, but it certainly <laughs> thank God <laughs> certainly happened to me a number of times. And uh, and so now there's this whole other metric where the where they sort of judge you, and it just feels it's it's so mathematical now, just down to the number of followers on which social networks, and it's just weirder than like yeah you know that guy that has guys on a popular show. It's it's I, I'm slightly uncomfortable with I it. I like it. It's like baseball. Break down more statistics. The more information we have, the better we are at judging whether or not you should have that commercial. I don't. I don't. This makes me feel weird. It makes <laughs> me feel weird. But there's also like you know funny people or talented people that have no presence online, and you know it, the the fact that they can maybe lose a job out because to someone maybe less funny or less talented because they have more Twitter followers is kind of disturbing. But then there are people but like it's Rob. All the more reason to just get your get yourself out everywhere. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, like, whore yourself to social media. But I, I just, you know, there is, it is, if that's an aspect of the game that we're in. And so you just kind of, if you want to have, if you have no interest in having part in any of that, then just don't do it. Oh, yeah. But if you do, and that's valuable, you know. Hey, I'm not then, saying I'm going to go yeah. all Pearl Jam on it. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's a good Pearl Jam impression. Don't go Steve Agee on it. <laughs> Oh, no, oh my God! Steve Agee just has like a box. Fuck cares. He just has a box of grenades, and then every once in a while he'll just pull the pin on one and hold yeah. it. I love Steve. Yeah, awesome. He, did he start a new Twitter yeah, account? He did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has like I think it's like thirty nine thousand. Well, the thing is, when, no, no, he no, no, was no. upset because he had all these followers, and then he, he had was, a million followers. Yeah, he had a million followers, and then he uh, was promoting on Twitter uh, like a show he was doing in the, the little room at Largo. Room. Yeah, um, which I've been to, which is hilarious. It's yeah. great. And, it's very uh, funny. But like he tweeted about it, and he's just like, he's got, I got all those followers, I'm going to pack it out, and n- no one showed up. Like like a few people showed up, and a couple were his friends. And like he's like, well, then what's the point? Like if, if if this is supposed to be some kind of tool to promote and it did nothing, then what's the point of having it? Then he took it off. He just went off Twitter. And then I was like, yeah, Steve's right. <laughs> and then I went he off too because I was drunk and I was like, I was, got high on a horse. So I was like, Steve's good. And then Steve was on like the next three days later. <laughs> and then you had, and then you had to dejectedly crawl off your tall horse. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember the old A-Ray of Jonah days? Oh, I remember. A-Ray of Jonah. Still a clever name, I think. <laughs> Jonah Ray is old. <laughs> <laughs> I really did like the Vanilla Ice Silver Lake thing. Oh, thanks. That was really funny. Oh, thank you so much. That really was a great video. It was so funny. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I had fun was that making a, that. Like, where was that shop? Was that Stories Bookstore and uh, Coffee Shop in Echo Park? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live not... Terribly far. I'm in Los Feliz. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's hipster. right down there. I was in Los Feliz, too. You were? And then I moved. Aww. It was because of a breakup, not because Aww. I don't love the I area. I think the breakup's Feliz, great. Though. You could still go. Where I lived, yeah, it was. That was the Hollywood really? Hills. Right off, wasn't it? 
It was right behind. Oh, when am I about to say my fucking address? Well, you're not there anymore. <laughs> it was the Hollywood Hills. It was on the, it, it it was was on the on corner the... of Bob Odenkirk and Jason Lee Drive. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. It, was. it really was. Up the street from uh, Aisha Tyler Court. And you, just, uh, you just drive past Danny Masterson and you're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right That's there. on the way up. That's Take a right at Colin up. Hanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then you go. And there's Joan Rivers walking by. Yep, sometimes she does that. Oh my God, there she goes. She still walks. Is that really her? Yeah, that's her. Um, Jason Lee's old, old house up above Los Feliz. Well, there's the right when his house was there. That was the coolest nod you've ever done in your life right there. He bought the uh, first of all, that was Joan Rivers. and, And that is amazing. What do you mean? Well, it's just amazing. Joan Rivers, just seeing her in person. Yeah, she's here. Yeah, yeah. That she's here. Oh, all right, Joan Rivers Braggart. Um, that what that was? <laughs> she shoots on the fifth floor. It takes she four. She kind of looked like a Hollywood Wax Museum version of herself. No, that's, no, I'm sure that one looks better. That's... Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. It's so hard. I know. To make me feel bad. Oh, I want her on the show so bad. She's so. Did you see her documentary? I am dying. It's oh, amazing. It's so a piece yeah. of work. It's fucking amazing yeah. to really get inside is. her head. Yeah. Oh, it's a work. It really is. Yeah, yeah. it really <laughs> is great. amazing. So anyway, yeah. So um, <clears throat> yes, I, I. Well, I think he still lives there. I don't know. I never really saw him. No, it's three houses ago. I think that's what you just said. Oh, it was three houses ago. Apparently. Yeah. He. It was. It was. A, it was an interesting property. It was a kind of a small house, but a huge plot of land. And and then they like double fenced it and you know I like that idea of having a small house on a huge piece of property. Oh yeah, because yeah, then it may, feels like you're just kind of in the like wilderness. It, it had like four rows of a vineyard. It was crazy. It oh, was, I don't know if that's the house I'm aware of. Uh, but it was yeah. And then I never I well, never. <clears throat> not that it's that important, but now I'm really curious. Was it the Hollywood Hills or was it Los Feliz? It's it right Hollywood where they Hills. meet. It's right where they meet. It's up Which by is what Bronson. It's the Oaks. I lived in the I lived in the Oaks. Like above AFI. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I still have a house up there. But it's just my ex girlfriend lives in it. Oh, I. Um, living the life. Yeah, so stop bringing up a source. Living the life, right. player. <laughs> living the life. We're, we're, the Oaks, man. They got good sandwiches. <laughs> mm, sandwich, yo. No, it's good. It's good. I think it's it's healthy to like. It, it was a healthy. It was a it was a healthy mature breakup. Yeah. I think everything's fine. Everything's fine. I just need a minute, you guys. <laughs> cut, cut. Um, no, no, yeah, no really lengthwise, cool lengthwise. If you like, uh, like they have a good uh, combination of new books and used books, that are very nicely laid out. I like it a lot. Awesome. Yeah, if you're into books. Nah, we're not going to catch on. Saying lately, Um, you were. Uh, I found out online on an episode of Murder She Wrote, mm-hmm. and I want to hear about it. Oh my god! But what did Angela Lansbury smell like? Uh, <laughs> Peaches, disturbers. <laughs> I was that was when before I was acting and I was a dancer and they had it was about some murder in a theater and ballet dancers and I was one of the dancers. Oh wow! Did you have any lines? Nope. Did no. you Did you get to meet Jessica Fletcher? I saw her pass by for a second, just like John Rivers just did now. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> oh my god! That's I was. Amazing. I never. Yeah. No. Did I, you? I didn't have a strong presence in that episode. I was kind of like. And background action. Hmm. Oh, but wow. you caught the bug. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy <laughs> she wrote. I did. Now, I always, I actually always wanted to, perf- you know, I just love entertaining. That's all. I, I love entertaining and becoming characters. And I love dance. I'm classically trained ballerina and I'm still dancing. And um, yeah. Do you still so you still have the pointy toed shoes and the I actually do have a pair of them in the gym and I was on the treadmill today and I was like, Oh, I gotta get back in those somehow. How do you force your feet in those and how do you not 
destroy your back and neck from having to stand in a way that humans weren't meant to stand? Well, I was doing... I had been wearing point shoes since I was like 12, so okay. it just becomes part of your upbringing yeah. when, you're, when you're a serious trained dancer. Yeah. Now that I have not done it for a while, I'm sure it will be uh, torturous and <laughs> horrible, and I... But I have to... I will, I'm going to build up to that. I'm actually working on a live th- uh, dance performance piece. Really? Um, with a choreographer that I've always loved. He and I used to be dancers together. Like when I was like Adam Shankman. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. And I and he, we all were dancers together. Also lives in the Oaks. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, I shouldn't have said that. I got to cut that out. God damn it. Okay. I'm gonna cut it out. He probably doesn't want people to know where he lives. Oh, that's why I saw him at Little Dumbs that day. Yes. Okay. Ooh, little Dumbs. Um, Good sandwiches. <laughs> oh, the Italian wedding soup's fantastic. Yes. Um. I love little doms. It's they so good. Pim's cup. Wait, can we just talk about the risotto balls there? Oh, those rice balls are awesome. Yes. What about the little uh, thin crust breakfast pizza things they have? Yeah, or the 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 French toast that comes in the pan. Oh yeah, creme the fresh. Yes. And whipped cream. Mm. Or the boar bacon. Yep. Have you tried that? No, I haven't tried that. One. It's this. It's like a bacon steak. Oh wow! Yeah, it's bacon insane. Bacon that sounds steak. like a heart attack waiting. For it is. Heaven. It is. You you take a bite, and you just go, ha! and just a little bit of it just kind of clutches up. On just another yep. non sequitur. She's got done a lot. <laughs> she does. Can you blame her? I guess not. Um, sorry, that was like five non sequitur. I'm telling you, yeah, that's sorry. what happens here when you're in the lobby at in this fucking building. Yeah, you're bound. You to talk about little doms. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So a live dance theater. That I've always wanted to do, and it's a whole story, and I'm going to star in it, and I'm working on getting back into dance shape so I can perform in it, but alive in a theater, like a real show that has filmed footage and dancers, and it's, yeah. Do you ever feel the pre- pressure, like, once, because I think we all, all as performers, we all kind of have this idea, like, oh, there's this thing I want to achieve, and I want to get to a certain place, and of course, you know, of course I want people to know who I am and what I do, because that's part of the measure of how we succeed, and we get to perform for people. But do, is there any part of it that's stressful once you kind of get to a certain point where people know who you are, where you go, wow, now anything I do really matters because people are really going to their the claws are out, you know, because they kind of want you to fail a little bit. Yeah, it's a whole different uh, set of choices you have to make that I find very I'm re- I was really good at like. That drive when you're a nobody, you know, and you want to become a somebody. <laughs> yeah, you'll take you know? all the risks in the world. Yeah, I didn't get any particular, like, you know, leg up or free ride. Like, I worked my ass off. for my, Like, I was sitting in the little, my husband and I were in this little apartment on Bronson, you know, just behind Victor's. Yep. You know, <laughs> that brick building Great right sandwiches there. at Victor's, and I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah. The 26, number 26 is my favorite sandwich. We'll see, anyway, there go you go. <laughs> And, uh, but you know, I would like send my headshot. I'd get a list of all the casting directors in Los Angeles and I'd get my headshot and I'd like buy like, you know, oh, yeah, those books that would just pink, have all the yes, stuff. Yeah. The labels. Yeah. Yeah. At Samuel French. And I'd get like hot pink envelopes so that they would stand out in the bin and I'd send my headshot out to all the casting directors and I'd look at, uh, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 because you need, like, a reel mm-hmm. to try and get an agent. And back then, that was not an e- I mean, like, even though no. it seems like it was not that long ago, that was fucking hard to do, to, like, have a reel cut together and put on a VHS tape. Yeah, because you have to do work. Right. To get a yeah. reel. Right. And it wasn't, like, all of these, like, everyone's a fucking film director with their little internet webcam, you know. Right. Where you could just throw something together so easily. That shit was, was expensive. Like, yeah. Totally. 
And not like everyone had a little camera that you could just film whatever. You know, it was like having a video camera. Especially yeah. if you're struggling. It's not like I happen to have a video camera laying around. And right. Go shoot your own stuff. It was like a thing, you know. So I would I would look for student films that were adverti- advertised in like Backstage West or whatever. And like AFI student films, USC student films. And I would go submit myself for those and try and get the footage. And I couldn't get an agent to save my life. Like I'd walk into agencies and I just buy some flowers on the way and I'd sit in the lobby and just wait for like, I'd sort of do some research on what agent might be able to represent me. And then I'd go sit in the lobby with flowers for them and wait and tell them I'm here for them, even though I didn't have an appointment. Right. And wait for that. They wouldn't come into the lobby. You know, and so I would just leave. I mean, after sitting there for a half hour, hoping that they would like take <laughs> me in or whatever, I just like leave them at the front desk and like mopily. Is that a word? Mo- yeah, yeah. That that sounds like the adverb you form know, of you mope. Get it. You yeah, get the concept. yeah. And leave, and then um, I mean, it was impossible to get an agent. And I'd send my headshot to agents, and they would never call me back. And it was like, you know, I went through the whole thing, the whole thing. Rigmarole. Extra work. I mean, I did. I worked from the bottom up hard. I, was there any sort of, did anyone ever see the Elfman last name and go, hmm, are well, you? Well, that's my married name. Right. Yeah. Um, Were you not using that at the time? Uh, well, I got married in 1995, in, fe- in February 1995, and I decided, to, I mean, I was like, yeah, I'll take on that name. And it <laughs> is a famous name. I was like, that couldn't hurt. Right. I'll be on the headshot. <laughs> right. Boingo, boingo fans. Totally. I was like, yeah, I'll take your name. <laughs> and then... Um, and then I got finally got an agent the summer of 95 mm-hmm. and haven't stopped working since. That's amazing. So once I got an agent, I just needed someone who believed in me, who put just pour a little juice my way, you know, in terms of like some support and phone calls and whatever. And as soon as I would start getting in the rooms, I was booking jobs. I just need someone to support me and like get me in the rooms. You know? I just thought, yeah, I mean, I wonder how many people do the sitting in the flower with the flowers thing. I mean, usually that doesn't work because it just, it, it didn't work. It didn't work this time. Okay. It didn't work. But, you know, still putting myself out there, it led, each choice led to me coming up with a solution or having to think of a different clever idea. So it was actually worth it. I did a horrible thing once, which I am you so. You want to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I murdered this girl. Uh, no, I, I did a horrible thing I once. I need to get home to my kid. No. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find the doors that are locked. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, did a, I did something which, when I think back on it, just makes me go, because uh, I had that same, you know, like young actors, young performers have this very ABC logic. Like, oh, well, if you are n- nice to the agent, they it's like it's all the, it's like mom ideas. Yeah, it's they're very m- idealistic. You know? Very idealistic yeah. approach. And I worked and when I was in college. Mom ideas. They're mom that. ideas. So oh, like your mom, like your moms yeah. always say, like uh, your mom, my mom would always say, like, oh, you should be on Frasier. I'm like, that's a great idea. I'll tell them. <laughs> yeah. um, and so uh, I worked at a, at a country club when I was in college and Sylvester Stallone was playing. And so I. <laughs> I was, and I parked cars, so I had my mom. Did you think that was your big in? I thought that was my big in. In my head, you know, like I've done the same thing. Well, you, I really understand. You see yeah. them. I mean, what you real, what you learn when you. And I'm not equating myself with on as down that level of Stallone, but like when people see that you are successful in some degree, they think like, oh, well, you must be an in to that world. Yeah. And a lot of times, you're not. Really, you're just a tool in the machine, the same as everyone else. But uh, so I had my mom fax my headshot to this country. Oh. I was like 19. I had her fax my headshot, and then I wrote a letter to him on the back, and half of it was in Italian because oh that my was God. my language in college. I, I feel like I feel 
like GERD, like acid reflux building up as I'm telling the story. I'm and, nauseous for you right now. <laughs> and I and I I put it in an envelope, you know, and uh, and I just said, you know, I want to be a performer, and I just any advice or blah blah blah, and I just put it in an envelope and left it in his front seat, and I I. I feel so stupid that I did that, but at the time I but thought it made sense. You were what fired. you have now that you like even put yourself out there to do that, and now you have success, and I just think that that's charming. I would love to think that right now in a darkened mansion, Stallone is listening to this, going, "It all worked out, buddy." Like I don't know, he's <laughs> yeah, know. He's, he's like I the benefactor, like he's just yeah. the silent benefactor all these years. I uh, love that. I think that I, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate that when people do it to me. Because I get it. Right. Like, I totally, completely get it. What do you tell them, though, when they're like, Jenna, what can I do? Or can you help me? Or can you make me... The, you I know? just, you know, it depends on the scenario. Because sometimes it's like I'm in the, a public bathroom. Right. And they're asking me through the stall. Right. And I'm like... <laughs> Sorry about that, by the way. You know, just... Be yourself. It's <laughs> like get away from the crack of the door, please. Um, you know, or sometimes it's you know via Facebook or Twitter. You know, um, or someone will actually really try to contact me and mentor. And then I'll like if I'm working on something, I'll have them come watch the set and come see what it's like. And you know, one time I flew. There was a girl. She was a teenager. She's now a grown woman and has a child. But uh, she was just like. Very persistent in writing me fan mail. Um, and I could just tell there was something. She was very driven. And I really just could tell from her. Joan's walking back. I'm sorry. <gasps> Joan Rivers. Joan's very driven. Was it her? See, we're it's all waving at each other. Yeah. Hi, Joan Rivers. Oh, my, my. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Oh, man. I feel like. Does it feel like we're in a celebrity zoo? Yeah. <laughs> celebrity zoo. The celebrity. Yeah, kind the of, cage is reversed, yeah, though. Yeah. You know, we have a John Renault impersonator right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the listener, Joan Rivers just walked by, stopped, waved both arms wildly at us, and then kept walking. That, that was cool. an amazing. Now I feel bad for Jonah Ray's joke. <laughs> I don't. I do too. Can I, I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Joan Rivers would make a way worse joke about herself than That's what Joan. Said. That's true. That's so, and she has. And she has. That's and she why, has. That's why I make fat jokes about myself. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I will get you a copy of a piece of work if you haven't seen it yet. I will get you a copy of it. Yeah. Good. Okay, so anyway. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so you flew this girl out. Yeah, so I called her up on the phone. She gave me her number in her fan mail. And uh, and I called her up and she like couldn't even speak because she couldn't believe I was calling her. She was home. cleaning up all the shit in her pants. <laughs> <laughs> for for a minute That's and a half. Yeah. Gross. Uh, what a nice story that took a weird turn. <laughs> Jenna, help. Right at dinner time. Yep. Um, and uh, I flew her. I was when I was on Dharma and Greg, and I flew her and her mom out and took her to Disneyland and uh, brought her to the set and took her out to dinner. And she was like, didn't speak the entire time. Oh, that's so sweet. She was mortified. She was. So awestruck, intimidated, I don't know, overwhelmed. Right. But I started getting like, all right, you know. <laughs> You're going to have to fucking talk. I fly your ass out here. <laughs> don't you want to ask me some questions? Like, <laughs> pick my brain, get some advice? Like, you know, I was starting to get like, all right, you know what? Like, it was an entire day at Disneyland and an entire meal. It shouldn't say one word. That's oh, awesome. Geez. Did you get to cut all the lines at Disneyland too? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah, That's that ABC. That yeah, that that's was awesome. awesome. That was a definite perk of being on ABC. But then she ended up, took her back to her hotel, and she went upstairs and came back down and handed me an envelope with this, like, the most deep, heartfelt letter. 
that she would have just, if she had started talking to me, she would have started bawling at mm-hmm. appreciation. Oh. So that's why she was so quiet. It was so sweet. And we're, she ended up interning at Jay Leno, Tonight Show oh, for so a while. Terrific. And she sort of worked, you know, went through college, worked her way up. And then she, you know, moved back to Texas and had a kid and has changed her life a little bit. But it was cool. We made friends and she's, you know, and that was just like a fun thing. But I appreciate people who put themselves out there. And I think that even if something doesn't come from your immediate gesture of putting some yourself out there, just by doing so, you either, I don't know, you proved yourself that you can, and then you just kind of like something good happens. It's like five years yeah. ago when I said to a Chris Hardwick at the Apple Store, I like comedy. Yeah. I'm like, hey, little buddy, <laughs> pull up those bootstraps and tighten those suspenders and let's get the fuck, get your, don't even get your coat, fuck it, let's just get out of here. We ran away. To We're go. going straight to the top, buddy, you and me. But it's, all, it's more fun. I mean, if you get rejected or mocked, at least you like, you know, had the confidence to put yourself, you know. But the other thing too is that it's, I, I'm sure for you, it also probably feels really good because you see yourself in that person where you get to go, I wish someone had done this for me. Oh, God, did yeah, I. Yeah, it's always Jeez. the best reason for doing something. Yeah, because yeah. you always wish to, like, you know, you're, like, sitting there hoping to be discovered, you know, by, like, yeah. a janitor. Like, so, you don't know hey, you. you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you. you look like you've got something. Yeah. The, speaking <laughs> of the Apple store, my time there, you know who's the nicest guy on Earth? Thomas Gibson. Oh, He Thomas. really is. He, like, remembered my name, always came and talked to me. Wow. Oh, getting, like, bringing an app with a yeah, like when he would break fixed. his stuff and I'd have to fix it. <laughs> and you did it happily. Yeah. Because he was a cool, nice guy who remembered awesome. my name. Was it a fun? Was that an experience? Darby fun. Greg was fantastic. I had a great time. It was like, you know, I had just done townies, which was like my second time ever going to network. My, you know, like that was. I hadn't even had an agent for a year. It was my first pilot season, and then the final day of filming townies, I had a development. Uh, I had a meeting at 20th Century Fox where they wanted to give me a million dollar development deal. <laughs> oh, the good old days of sitcoms. Oh I my know, right? God. The Clinton era. <laughs> uh, I never forgot. There's a line in The Sopranos in like the second season. And he said, oh, come on. With Clinton in the White House and all these, this fucking money everyone's got, everyone's placing bets. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the way the television yeah. business That's used to work. Off of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Now it's uh, now you do a show and it's always the same thing. Oh, this project is coming out of the experimental division, and this is a this is a pilot presentation. You're like, wait, it's still, but it's a pilot. No, 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 it's a pilot presentation. That extra word means that we pay you a third of you know. We're thinking about just starting it as a web series and then see if it gets traction <laughs> online and then see if we can make it. We're going to make this a series on my kid's phone, and yeah, then yeah, if, yeah. if he likes it, yeah, yeah. then we'll move it up. He'll let it go. Favored nation. <laughs> it's favored nations. And I don't listen. People listening. Like, are, I want to go, aka communism. Like is that right? Uh-huh. Well, people, people who uh, listen, pe- people who listen to this are like, hey, fuck you. A third of your quote's still a lot of money. But what you have to realize is that when you get into these deals, it always sounds like it's going to be a lot of money. But it, there's an exclusivity period where you cannot work for someone else. It so out to be minimum wage. Almost. So you know what they would do, and this was fairly common. You know, during the sort of uh, sit. That the comedy stand-up comedy boom was in the '80s, and the sitcom co- stand-up boom was in the '90s, oh. where everyone was trying to, you know, like redo Seinfeld and, and mm. Home Improvement and, and whatever. And so they would they would just throw out these development deals to comedians, yeah. and it always sounded like a big number, like here's a hundred thousand dollars. And then like, okay, well, then you pay taxes on that money. You're not used to making that much money, so then you lose like thirty percent of it, right? And then you lose another twenty twenty five percent of it off because of agents and managers. And then, and then what you're left with is, is a year of fifty thousand dollars, which is is actually normal. slightly less, and you're and you can't pursue other work. 
And so it destroyed so many people's careers for a few years uh-huh. when that was happening. I, I've done those development deals and nothing ever came out of them. And I realize it feels like it's a sequential problem because I think the writer has to be inspired to write something. Rather than to, just being so, squatted. Rather than tried to, to take a piece of talent and that's forced on them. Right. And try to then come up with an yeah. idea to, you know, unless they're truly inspired by that piece of talent, and that's what inspires them to write a story that's going to work for years on end. Yep. It's kind of a writer, in my opinion, should be inspired through whatever process they're inspired by and write a piece of writing and then cast it. It's like good old-fashioned sort of sequence. Do you still have to audition for stuff, or do they just, they just give you stuff now, or you don't have to audition Television, for stuff? I don't really audition. Films good. I audition. Yeah? yeah. How's Depending that? Depending on, you know, what kind of film it is. I mean, I got an offer the other day for a comedy. I didn't, you know, have to audition. But uh, depends on, you know, some of them. Depends. Is it, sc- is it scarier when you can do, when you have more choices? You always think that's going to make things better, and then you get more choices, well, and yeah, you're that's like... that's how we got <gasps> onto this. Was, it's, it, it's definitely a high-class problem of navigating the choices once you have success, because then you don't like, lose like, it. they matter so much more, and you don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know if something's going to be a success or not. Right. But when you're starting out, and you're just pounding the pavement just to get cast... You don't care if it like gets killed or <laughs> you don't care if it gets canceled. You're just like, okay, I booked something. Okay, now the next one's gonna go. Okay, but then once you have success and you have like that didn't go, that didn't, go. and then it starts reflecting on your career. You know, it is. Right. It, it is, and there's so many factors that are out of your control. Right. Even when you're have some star power, it's still so much out of your control. It's look, I'm not complaining because of course anyone wants to you know rise up. Yeah, I mean you're right. It is it, 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 it is, is a bit like daunting because it is out of your control. It is a high class problem. Of, you're absolutely right, but it's also, I mean, you're still a person with a survival instinct who still wants to be relevant and work for as long as you can, and you don't want to be, you know, like you you just you just don't want to get that call where you where you realize like oh yeah this is not. Uh, because then it just reminds you of, you know, like, oh, yeah, there was a period of time where I, <laughs> you said, like, couldn't get arrested. I mean, in one way, it's nice because <laughs> I, I, I know I had to work so hard to get where I am that I know if I had to start from square one again, I can do it all over again because talent doesn't go away. You know? Right. I mean, I think unless you've drugged yourself into a stupor where you can't access your talent, you Uh-oh. know what I mean? <laughs> that, that would definitely destroy your ability to have your talent. Flip, sure. Right? That is a talent unto itself. <laughs> that is an in in, in inverse. Yes. <laughs> Jonah, stop trying to justify your drinking habit. Hey, <laughs> someone's got to. But I mean, you know, talent doesn't go away. Uh, and who better than you? Yeah, right. That you know, you're taking responsibility. For it. <laughs> um, but talent it? doesn't go away. So it's just you know, I know I you know, it's one of those things of it's nice that I didn't have any free ride because I know I got myself here by hard work and I could always do it again. Yeah. So. But this business is is way shittier to women, way shittier. And but I always say to friends of mine who are women, who are comedians, when they go like, no, no, I I have a window, and then I'll and then the business won't let me work again. And I go, you're funny. You will never not be funny. You will, you know. Mm-hmm. Betty White's ninety fucking years old. Thank God, Betty White's doing what she's doing. And I, I mean. On the more dr- oh, and, and are we gonna go crazy Osborne. about Kelly Osbourne? Kelly Osbourne. Nah, not that crazy about it. In her entourage. Skin. Thank you. She's got great skin. Thank she does you. have very. Yeah. She has very nice I skin. I admire that. She's got great skin. She does have very, very I'd nice say skin. Porcelain. Yeah, it's porcelain kind of glowing, white. Glowing. Yeah. 
All right. I think I sold her a computer once. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Matt yeah. Myra, tech guy to the stars. <laughs> I was. That's what I did. Maybe go say hi to her. She probably remembers you. Uh. Oh, Matt, thanks for so much for the the. the she eye. was with that guy that she was going to marry at the time. Remember that blonde dude? No, because anyway. I don't know who dates whom. Whatever. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> sure, she was with that guy. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Okay, I sorry. It, I so, get it. Anyway. I forgot the train of thought we were on. Uh, we were talking. We were talking about um, the. Oh, I said I was talking about women. Uh, the business being shittier oh, to women. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, you know, on the more dramatic side, but you know, thank God for Meryl Streep and Helen Mirren and. You know, yes, thank God for Helen Mirren. Fucking She's amazing. Still hot. Amazing. She is hot. Yeah. Um, Diane Keaton. To, uh, no, no. Uh, the list goes on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There are women who are starring in big comedies that are making money that are obviously way past forty-five. Yep. And uh, I think that's. I'm I'm very grateful to them and to filmmakers that are opening those doors because it doesn't have to be an ingenue's game only. Well, I think I think that's part of the sort of, you know, um, just mass digital culture that we live in now is that the exposure does not depend on four studios right. anymore. Right. It is actually, you know, it doesn't pay so good it all doesn't, other things, but you can be artistically satisfied and, and still do good work and feel like some pride and integrity. You just don't need, yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, you know, I guess there's a certain comfort in being picked up by the studio system. They go, here's a, here's a million dollars. You're going to, but, but ultimately if, you know, if, if one of us got a, if any of us got a call that said like, well, the business said you can't work in it anymore. You could go, well, fuck you. I'll just go make a thing and put it online. And if people like it, then I, then I win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and, and that, you know, Anytime you have power and eyeballs, the people who want to advertise and they they'll pay you for that. I yeah, mean, they'll just come to you. So, with enough confidence and enough persistence, you know, you can survive. I mean, you can do anything. You can survive with integrity and put yourself your art out there. <laughs> yeah. Are you laughing because I said integrity? No, he said you can do anything, and then I thought of Hard and Firm song about girls. Oh, it's not. The song is not about. I understand. The song is not about girls. I'm sorry. I just thought of the punchline to the song. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a stupid comedy song that a friend of mine and I wrote. Oh. Which is not appropriate right now. It kind of is. It's this. <laughs> I it's was really a, hoping you're going to go. It's not appropriate. You can do it, <laughs> Chris. You don't have to. Think. It's just a comedy song. <laughs> I give blowjobs to my husband. It's true. Is there any? He talks in length about it too. I don't. It's uh, it's just a it's a you know maybe I'll play I'll I'll put the song on the end of this podcast okay. I'll put the song on the end of this podcast it's a it's just a dumb silly uh, fake boy themed song oh awesome that we made so I'll I'll tack well, it that's the, but you just gave away the twist but the whole thing is a like it's well, a, I gave away the twist by that's true yeah. it's an awe inspiring song for everybody until the last <laughs> yes yes yeah. yes. You didn't give anything away because I'm completely. She has no idea. I'm totally. She's got to listen to. So when you listen to the show back, (laughs) I'll just fast forward to the end. Do you listen to any podcasts at all? Is there anything you listen to? Sometimes, yeah. I'm just starting to get into it more. uh, You know, with great filmmakers and stuff while I'm driving. So not this one. (laughs) Wait, what's that one? In the future. Huh? What's the filmmaker well, podcast? There's um, I can't remember the name of it. It's uh, I don't know if it was Meet the Filmmakers or. No, that's the Meet the Fockers podcast. <laughs> oh. Sponsored by 20th Century Fox. They might as well have one. <laughs> no, they did. Oh. They uh, probably did. I'm yeah. sure they did, yeah. It's just uh, a... But anyway, yeah, I just think... It's is it just an interview thing, or is it a... Mm, it's just like this. Oh. Have you ever great. thought about doing something like that? I think you'd be really good. 
doing a podcast. You and Jenny Johnson high five. I mean, listen, you, you <laughs> seems like you have a lot to talk about. Like you have a lot of fun stuff to talk about and it's a way for you to express the funny part of your brain without like doing stand up. But right. like you, like that whole thing with Jenny could, was, was a half hour podcast episode of you guys right. just going back and forth. And not only that, but wait, doesn't she live in Texas? What if that's the girl? Well, she's in LA right now. She's huh. landed and we're going to be. Doing Santa Barbara together this week. Oh <laughs> shit! Look out, Santa Barbara. Look out, solving <laughs> on the way to Santa Barbara. We're gonna rock. We're gonna rock your. We're gonna rock your fucking we're Dutch gonna, window treatments yeah. right off. Rock your zoo. Yeah. Those uh. wind wheels will be broken by the time they leave. Yeah, I don't know, Jenna. And then also, I, I hadn't thought about it. And also, you got a lot of fun. You got a lot of fun. Good advice. I mean, it's a, obviously you care about people and young performers and people who are trying to do the same thing. I, I just think uh, I just think that maybe there is a podcast that you could do. Do you make money doing podcasts? Not really. No. Not really. So it's just for the fun of hearing myself talk. Yep. <laughs> you don't have to listen to them. <laughs> you can just make them. These guys have not listened to a podcast in two years that we've made. This podcast? Uh, do you listen to this podcast? I listen to the ones I'm not on. Oh. I, um, hmm. Yeah, there you go. I'm the ones I've edited, okay. I've listened to. So two. <laughs> <laughs> two out of, 100, two out of 170. That sounds See, like I'm, fun, actually. I could be into doing something like that. You'd be great at it, I think. I think, And, and also just be a fun, you know, well, anyway, we can talk about it offline. Do you listen okay. to the show? No. Exactly. Because I... I cause Don't make me feel bad. You know what I do? Sometimes I do just to... Make sure the sound quality is like, okay, I just need to make sure that sounds okay. Quality assurance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Inspected by number six. Yeah. Um, You're number six? Yes. No, I'm a... Thank you. The I'm, boxers are great. I'm a number. I'm not a number. I'm a free man. Did you ever see The Prisoner? No. That's a fun 60 series you should <laughs> that watch. sounded like you get asked that all the time. <laughs> Will people ever, stop oh. asking? Like I've had to answer it over yeah. and over yeah. and over. No. Read my bio. <laughs> Jen Elfman lives in Los Angeles and has never seen The Prisoner. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Haven't. But I'm so happy to have been here. This was awesome. This is like the prisoner. She's wrapping up the interview. <laughs> no, no. I mean, this yeah, was really anyway. great. I'm so glad that because you know, again, it is the power of Twitter that we sort of know, became acquaintance on, on on Twitter. We did. Gross, you guys. No, it wasn't gross. Well, it wasn't all. dirty. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. It was just like you're awesome. Will you come and be on my podcast? And you were like, sure. Yeah. And here you are. And then it. And then it. And then you didn't hear from me for like a couple of months. <laughs> but I never. Somehow it just fell out. Tonight. I never, like, I hate bugging people about stuff. So I was yeah. just like, oh, okay, well, she, you know, whatever. It's fine. And then you, when you wrote back, it was, it was a nice surprise. And, you know, it was a whole fun thing. But I, but I would love, we'll go to Dom, Little Dom's and get some rice yeah. balls one of these days. Yeah. And, and talk about podcasting and, and fun stuff. That'd be awesome. What uh, do, is there anything you want to plug or promote? Really? Uh, well, I will be seen in the fifth and final season of Damages this year on Directv. Excellent. Uh, and that's been incredible. Total dramatic turn, very dramatic. Um, Ryan Philippi is also has a very prominent role in this season, and um, and obviously working with Rose Byrne and Glenn Close is like awesome. How do you? Rose Byrne is so amazing She's too. Great. But how do you walk onto a set with Glenn Close and? Like, do you? I had are you, a migraine by the end of the day. That's what I was going to ask. Like, do, yeah. do you feel inspired by that? Like, oh my god, this is so exciting. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I so did. It was the first day. It was my first day. It was the first day of the them filming. Yeah. And it was the most intense scene. Like my entire life is like 
personal and business just completely falling apart. And I'm like totally in a mental state. And it was with Glenn Close, who's like Jeez. one of my heroes. <sighs> and I had the worst headache by the end of the day. <laughs> I was so in my head going like, oh my God, like what is she thinking? Is she thinking, what the fuck? Why did they hire her? <laughs> like, you know, like you just don't know, you know? Jesus. And it was so dramatic. And anyway, yeah, I had a headache. But Glenn Close is like is such a professional or like she's she's probably just like, oh, you know, she's either present in the scene or just like an airplane. Like, uh, did I leave the iron on? Like, she's probably... It, this is just so much a part she's of her. Very down to earth. Was she? Did, did you? You got to talk to her before? Oh, and yeah, like little... she's so not a diva. She is so down to earth. Which thank God, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like my uh, noisy brain, if she had been a diva too, I probably would have. It would have just. I don't know. But she was so cool and great sense of humor. And do you find that the most just because of you know just because of being in these circles for so long? Do you find that the most talented people, the people you respect the most, tend to be the coolest? Or are there a couple with you don't have to say? Are there a couple where you were like, why'd that person have to be a dick? Yes, all of the above. Oh man, it, it's it doesn't you know you I hear people say all the time, well the you know the great ones are the down to earth ones, and right? I'm like there's some great ones that were total assholes, <sighs> but they were they're legends. But Kelsey Grammer. (laughs) Kelsey's great. (laughs) And I'm so happy for him, just as a side note, to just. He 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 he's got this new show. And he got the yeah. I mean, I'm just so. And happy every for time, him. Uh, the two times he's good. popped up on Thirty Rock, it, I love it. Great. You Kelsey also. So oh, I never even asked you about working on the George Carlin show. That was one of my first gigs. Oh yeah. And do you know how I got that? No. I was taking a tour. I think I somehow got on the Warner Brothers lot and was in the casting offices for all of Warner Brothers Television, and I just started making the rounds. Wow. And I You're was using. Ballsy. I yeah. And I was using my husband had like he was he worked more than I did at the time. And so I knew that he had just done something on this one show. And I'm like, I'm going to go in and say I'm his his girlfriend and strike up a conversation and have my headshot ready. And, you know, (laughs) um, and I said, hi, I'm Bodie's girlfriend. And like, oh, do you have a headshot? I mean, honestly, it went like this. Do you have a headshot? Yeah, I get my car. I have to go get it. Bring it back to me. And it was casting for like, he had a dream. George Carlin, the scene was George Carlin had a dream sequence of his masturbatory favorite, <laughs> which was a National Geographic girl, the Goldie Hawn from Laugh-In, and uh, a 1950s pinup girl. Mm-hmm. And so I was the Goldie, I, I got cast as the Goldie Hawn character. They wrote all over your body? Yeah, I had like yeah. a long blonde wig that was taped to my boobs and then like body paint. And I was in the dream sequence. Oh, that's awesome. And that was like my first gig. And that came from like, hi, hi, I'm Bodie's girlfriend. And then another gig I got because my husband had booked it. And he said, you should see my wife for this. And then I auditioned and got it. And So I'm going to go around saying, I'm Bodie's like, girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. going to do. this day. Yeah. Did you meet George Carlin at all? Yeah. How was that? How yeah. Like- but, you know, I was like a little day player, you know, so he wasn't, he wasn't. I mean, luckily he wasn't hitting on me or anything weird because that right. would have just been awkward. Yeah, right, flash. So I was like, ah. <laughs> but it was just—I felt it was really cool to be working with George Carlin, and I loved that I got the job the way I did. You know, because you really feel like you earn it. That yeah. Way. Well, yeah, and it also sort of helps to justify, like, oh, this isn't a complete waste of time. Yes, exactly. Sometimes that shit works out. It pays off. Uh, you make your own luck. That's 
it. You say? That's well, it. I am. it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here at Jenna Elfman on the tweets. Um, any other social networks, you're on the Facebook, too. I am, I'm loving Google+. Plus. If you are on Google+, Plus, that's also a fun social network. I haven't done that, but I'm, I'm uh, uh, doing... There's another one that I just signed up for. What? That is called... <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> Facebook? Eager up. Fuck a book. Let me just pull it up here. While you're doing that, my mom sent me an email today. My mother never sends, like, comedy emails, but she sent one today that it must be an old... It must be an old... Uh, web thing because it, it feels like oh this must have been done a long time ago uh, but I actually thought it was really funny oh now my thing won't pull okay here we go it's uh, social media explained so this is just what in different social media Twitter I need to pee Facebook I peed Foursquare this is where I pee Quora why am I peeing YouTube look at this pee LinkedIn I'm good at peeing <laughs> I was like good, you know mom not bad not bad mom not bad. No, this new one that I, this app is called Get Glue. Oh, Get Glue. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just starting. You're earning that. stickers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can, you can, I mean, for people in our industry, there's like the fans aspect where you can get the stickers. Oh, but yeah. from our industry, you can expand your audience. Yeah. It's just more ways. Of and when people are watching your stuff, they say, oh, I saw on Get Glue. Yeah, I want got, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Get Glue's great. And Viddy, which is sort of like Instagram for videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, um, it's like short, like 15 seconds. Yeah, and you can like, they can make a black and white and there's little music choices you can put over. Oh, and nice. it's yeah. I, you know, I, I like yeah, Viddy. Cool. My friends, my friends. Uh, Chris? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, you're yes. Put yeah, a Viddy Chris, Chris and Evan. Chris and Evan. Yeah. Remember that? We were talking about putting a Viddy booth at the Nerd Melt. Theater. I wanted to put a little Viddy booth at that Nerd Melt, cool, but didn't happen. We have a, well, it hasn't happened yet. Okay. Um, we have a little comedy theater space at Meltdown Comics, and I wanted to build a TARDIS from Doctor Who and make that a, like a video confessional oh, awesome. booth with with the Viddy guys. For some reason, we just haven't done it we'll yet. To do it, um, Jen Elfman, uh, you were a delight, and Thank this you. was an absolute pleasure. And um, I send you as many non creepy hugs as feels okay I send you two before you, know, you have to hold up I your hands and go heard, creepy hugs you know I have heard your podcast and it's not the first time with a chick that you've made some joke about don't think I'm creepy when I say this right you are the least creepy person I have ever met well oh, I appreciate whoa. that so I just want you to know like you don't even need to say that okay because I, I I sort of said you're that to so Julie Benz yeah, I heard that. and she was and she was like hmm okay and like I felt like oh no I feel like she thinks that I I saw her in an airport once. You're yeah. so genuinely effusive okay, and great. lively and joyful. Okay, I appreciate it. Oh, good. I, I really, I really. Don't, am... There's nothing creepy about you. You. <laughs> listen, you know, it's always me. To my left and to my right, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, listen. I, I got a mustache. I understand completely. <laughs> I get it. I'm a fat guy. That's not true. Well, no, I mean. All right. But, but you're a nice guy. Yeah. You're lovable. You got great glasses. Thanks. Seriously, I always want to say that to you. Well, why don't you say it? And you have a baseball wallet. I do. My really wallet awesome. is made out of a baseball. That's See, adorable. those are two nice things. Really They're about just things videos. that I own. Thank you. So. <laughs> you have a good room. So compliment, Good energy. Compliment yeah. things that I own. And then Jonah gets a comment on something he does. That's you got cool. a nice Omega I watch. I, it's another, it's again, it's a thing I own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really about me personally. You make... Uh huh. The best. Uh huh. eBay choices. I, again, stuff. 
Uh, no, that was the choice before the stuff. one-liners that have made me laugh today. There you That's go, there buddy. That's all I See? do. Yeah, she Great touched your arm. Lines. Remember the, when she laughed and touched your arm? Okay. Wow, he remembers on your behalf. Matt, you. Matt Myra, you remember. Jenna Elfman approved. Is <laughs> <laughs> that how I get Twitter verified? <laughs> yep, that's how you get it. All right, enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts